it's always Halloween, and I'm always your haunted host, Luce Tomlin Brenner. This is a year-round Halloween history and storytelling podcast brought to you by our very own Patreon Ghoul Gang. Today, we have cooked up quite a treat for you, Lanterns. One of your very own, a member of the porch and a member of the ghoul gang, J.T. Smith, has gifted us with a very special item for you to enjoy, not just today, but anytime you're desperate for your very own Halloween mood. But first... Let's welcome the newest members of the Ghoul Gang who help this podcast stay ad-free, independent, and sustainable. Welcome Caitlin, Ezrin, and Shivel. Thank you so much for believing in and supporting the podcast. It is such a thrill to have you here. And please know we could not make this podcast without you. Happy Stephen King September to all who celebrate. If you need a little extra spooks from the master of horror, then join us on Patreon as we celebrate his birthday, September 18th, by reading Salem's Lot all month for our book club. We will meet on September 28th to fully discuss it. And later that week, to watch the Toby Hooper film adaptation. And speaking of films, that's not quite how you could describe the three so bad they're good clunkers we will be watching on Stephen King Schlockfest Saturday, September 30th. That's right. I picked some of the least loved Stephen King movies for us to hoot and holler and laugh at and enjoy because, hey, who needs to sit around and watch The Shining again? You guys know that's good. What we really need to see is an incestuous cat people. That's right. We're watching Sleepwalkers, and then we're watching Maximum Overdrive, and then we're watching Graveyard Shift. Nobody likes these movies, but we're going to have fun watching them no matter what. And that's a threat. And don't forget about our big bonus episode with co-producer and esteemed film critic, Greg. And of course, we've got the It's Always Halloween blog and the Discord and other fun things that crop up randomly all the time. So just visit patreon.com slash it's always Halloween or click the link in our show notes to stuff your McBoo pail with goodies and help keep us trick-or-treating year round. Don't forget, you only have a couple weeks left to get the newest issue of The Lantern's Way Ghosts for our special pre-sale price of $10. We're looking to get those in your mailboxes by the first week of October if you've already ordered one. And of course, once they are already manufactured, they will live on the Displaced Snail website indefinitely, and you can order it at any time for the increased price of $12. 
for the Lantern's Way Volume 1 or to pre-order Volume 2, just go to DisplaySnail.com or click the link in our show notes. There you can also see the other spooky-themed zines that Joe makes, including one all about the exorcist that he is starting a fundraising campaign for as we speak. In more exciting news, I will be in Boston one week from tonight. One week from tonight, surprise, my latest film is going to premiere at the Axe Wound Film Festival. It is a intersectional feminist horror festival. It is playing in the opening shorts block, so on Friday the 22nd from 9.30 to 11.30 p.m. If you're in the area, please come out. I will put the details in the show notes, but you can also check out Axe Wound Film Festival on Instagram, Twitter, and they have a website as well. Very easy to uh, find all those details online. We're also going to be making a day trip to Salem and peppering in a few other spooky activities. And if you have any advice for me, please drop a line. Let us know what we have to do during our whirlwind trip. I already have discovered many cemeteries I want to visit. And online, I found a guy who has put together a New England cider donut map of all the places you can get cider donuts. So I'm going to share that as well, and I've got to hit up a couple of orchards while I'm there. I'm hoping that the weather feels a little cool. I know it's been just as hot on the East Coast as it's been on the West Coast, but I really need a chill in the air. I really need to hear the wind whipping through the trees. I really need to hear the clang of a cemetery gate and the whooshing of, is that someone behind me? A creature? A spirit? Am I not alone? In fact, I'm not. I'm joined today by J.T. Smith, who has created a chillingly delightful ASMR journey for you to go on. We're going to talk to J.T. and see the inspiration behind the soundscape, and then we will envelop you in her creation. I hope it brings you much seasonal coziness. Today I am thrilled to my bones to welcome J.T. Smith, a witch who lives in Pasadena with her black cat Malachite. She works as a video editor for film, TV, and video game marketing, and she's a lover of horror movies, Halloween, and all things spooky. As a devoted Lantern and Ghoul Gang member, thank you so much. JT has contributed to the podcast quite a bit. Most recently, you can hear her on last week's episode, Halloween Dessert House, talking about the Oriental Trading Company magazine and also giving all the Swifty Lanterns great costume advice. But today, JT is here to present her new spooky ASMR. So thrilled to have you here. Welcome, JT. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for for coming. You know, you and I actually met in person at my store, Videotech, because you had like a Halloween-themed mask on during uh, the pandemic. Yeah, it's actually one of my favorite stories to tell because uh, one of your coworkers was checking out my the movies that I was renting and she mm-hmm. noted my mask and I, 
she's like, oh, you're ready for Halloween. And I just say what I always say. And I said, well, it's always Halloween. And then <laughs> you just kind of moonwalk over like, hello. I, I like descended from the rafters. You yes. have called me. <laughs> it was amazing. I summoned a Luce. It was such a great moment. And there's, you know, there's a lot of people who uh, like horror movies and Halloween stuff that come into the store because we have such a extensive like horror selection. But I recommend the podcast to people all the time. But you're like the first one who I've really like become friends with and that you become a very devoted uh, member of our community. And so I like to think that was a very you know, like a kismet day. We were meant to meet each other. Oh, I agree. Absolutely. I This podcast has brought me so much comfort and happiness, and I, I wouldn't even have known about it if I had not gone to rent that movie that day. God bless video stores. This is why we need video stores to survive. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So first off, I'm really curious. I'm sure I've we've gotten this in like little snips and pieces from your calls and writing in and talking at our, our SoCal Lantern meetups, but could you just tell everyone out there in Halloween land a little bit about your passion for Halloween? Like when it started and how it transformed over the years or like what does the holiday like do for you? Oh man, that's, it's such a hard question and an easy question at the same time. Um, I've just always loved Halloween. I've been surrounded by it since I was a little kid because my mom loved it. Um, I'm so happy to have grown up in a household that was very pro Halloween and she, yeah, she can sew. So she would make me and then my little sister really cool costumes. And I always wanted to be something spooky. I think my favorite is the year, um, my little sister was just born and I was four years old. She made a little bat onesie for my sister, but I (laughs) wanted to be a witch like my mom. So she put a fake wart on my nose and and I wanted to be an ugly witch, like like how she was being a wicked witch. I didn't want to be pretty. I had a hump and everything and I walked like I had a hump and matched my mom who she did the whole prosthetic nose and everything. And that was... That's the earliest Halloween memory that I have. Wait, and how old were you when that happened? I was four. I was four. I like. I only oh kind of remember like images. Like I remember the costumes, and I remember my little sister in that bat onesie in the stroller. I love it. She's like the little bat flying around your cottage where you're whipping up potions and spells. Yes. Yes. <laughs> God, that's cute, and I love that you committed that you were like, no, the costume is just part of it. But I also have to move like a witch. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Love that commitment. Well, I, we are having you on today to talk about this project that you recently did for yourself, this fun thing. Um, You were actually, the reason I even know about it is that you were listening to Pete's Frights Friday, which was our goodbye to Pete episode during which he and I, we mused on the big project that he and I dreamed of and never got to do together, which is like a spooky ASMR. And in your email to me or eek mail, I should say, you said that you were working on that very project yourself as you heard us talking about it. Yes, it was so wild. I I have been wanting to do, I, it's really just for me. I didn't think anyone else would have any interest in it. I ASMR really helps me sleep. 
and I especially prefer like thunderstorms. And I found this one on the Calm app that's I think called Gothic Cemetery. And I love it. It's so nice. It's just like you hear a faint iron gate in a grass. So I added some of that to the one that I made, but that's all there is to it. And I was like, well, I wish there was also the thunder in the background. And then me being very into film, I thought, wouldn't it be cool if you had like an ASMR to fall asleep to that sort of takes you on a journey? So you're not just in one place. You're not just listening to the one sound. And that's what I use them for is to fall asleep. Um, So that's why I thought, oh, I'll just make this for myself. And then here I am pulling out sound effects from (laughs) zatsplat.com, listening to your episode. And you guys are like, I wonder if anyone would like spooky ASMR. And (laughs) you're like, me, I would love that. I'm doing it. (laughs) It was, yeah, I was so thrilled and happy. So I had to share you, share it to you immediately. Yes, I was so happy that you sent it to me. And then I've actually been listening to it. I believe you sent it a week ago. And I've been listening to it a lot, not to sleep, but I like to have stuff like this on when I'm working on emails or structuring the episodes or like idea, like brainstorming sessions for like what I want to do with the podcast. And it helps me more than music because I get kind of, I either get pulled into the words of music and then I I can't, you know, think of my own original words or it's too nostalgic. And I'm like suddenly like very sad about something that happened to me in college. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Music definitely pulls on the memory strings a lot. Yeah, I can't stay full. I love it for being in the car. Uh, I love it when I need to hype myself up before a show. But when I'm working, if I'm listening to music, it takes me on too much of an emotional journey. (laughs) And so I love like these atmospheric noises. And I can really relate to what you were saying about the call map, which by the way, I did not realize that in my, I've never used calm. And in my mind, it is very like, um, yeah. Hello and welcome to meditation, you know, <laughs> but I love that they have a gothic cemetery like that's way cooler than I expected from Calm App. Yeah, it's so but it's the only one like it. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> they like, they have, have one for the freaks and then everybody else can do Buddhist meditation. <laughs> and that's exactly why I decided to make my own because I was like, this is so great. But, you know, I've listened to it for like two years now. <laughs> I would like something new. <laughs> right. <laughs> You're like, there has to be other things going on in this cemetery other than that gate just clanging open yes. and in the wind. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> I love that because that's what my experience, there's a lot of, there's a lot of soundscapes on YouTube as well, like, you know, cozy autumnal library on a rainy day and you'll hear like a fire flickering in the rain and it's just sort of those noses noises on loop for several hours. And I'd been using those for a long time, but you mentioned this, but what makes yours really special and fun? And this is what I wanted to do with Pete too, is that your soundscape takes you on a journey. So you're like, not just in one place, you're having like a whole day when you listen to your track. Can you tell everybody a little bit more about what they can encounter when they listen to yours? Oh yeah. I, so I, I started very similarly to the one on the Calm app that I love so much, which is why I want to, like, shout out that app. Um, But it's, you know, you start in a cemetery, and 
I just am so comforted by the sound of wind and trees sitting yes. outside and you can hear some birds. It may be, it may be daytime, but it's cloudy and there's that wind and it's just so nice. So I figure, okay, you're walking through the cemetery. Sometimes you'll take a break just to listen to the sounds. And then, however, the wind picks up a bit and the thunderstorm starts to roll in. So you don't want to stay out in the rain, of course. So <laughs> you walk along the little dirt road until you find this big abandoned house. And of course you have to go in it because the rain is getting harder. And this house isn't exactly what it seems like from the oh, outside. No. It's <gasps> definitely creepier, darker, a little damp until you find yourself in a cozy, warm library surrounded by all your favorite books. But you may not be the only one there reading these books. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> and I I made it so, again, I like to sleep to these, so I tried to edit it in a way that you can just hit repeat. And so when you leave the library, you walk back out to the cemetery and it can just start all over again. I love that. That's so smart. So it's just this great experience of like strolling through the headstones and then getting warm again and running yeah. back out. It's very cute. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I really like it a lot. It's not distracting. So I could totally see using it to go to sleep. Like there's nothing that's too like a, like a Halloween tape that you would play for yeah. trick or treating where it's like, welcome to my dungeon. <laughs> like there's it's nothing like that. Shriek. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Blood curling screams. <laughs> I found some really good sound effects that are, um, just sort of low whispers and breath to sound like, oh, there could be ghosts around, but it, there's no like actual people trying to talk to you. There's no screaming or screeching. Like it's, you can just totally zone out while listening to it. I love that, you know, because you and I are both horror fans, but there's plenty of people out there and especially our listeners who really like the cozy side of Halloween. And I think people who are not enthusiasts don't realize that Halloween and horror don't necessarily go hand in ha hand. Like Agreed. there's plenty of lanterns that just want to feel that like crackling fireplace and reading an old book. And like you said, there's something about the wind, like hearing wind in the trees. I think I especially romanticize that because I've not lived around deciduous trees in a long time. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's fair. Um, and this really did remind me of like a Midwestern Halloween, like what it was like when I would lay in bed at night because we had a ton of trees in our backyard and the wind would just like, the wind would howl sometimes in a way that was scary, like sounded like wolves, but wasn't. I love that. Yeah, I'm from the South originally. I'm from Florida. And so I'm also very used to wind and trees. We had big Chinese tallow trees or palm Ooh. trees. And it just, I love the sound of it. And you're right, you know, in SoCal, there isn't, in LA, there's not a whole lot of green. No, we don't get a ton on. of wind. We get the Santa Ana's every now and then. But I mean, there's 
a few palm trees around me, but I'm in kind of a cement jungle downtown. So yeah, <laughs> I hear the yeah. buses whipping back and forth. Oh, no. <laughs> the wind from the highway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, That's exactly. in a very different way. <laughs> yeah, I throw the window up and get like a big breath of smog. Yeah, <laughs> it's very yes. terrifying. Um, we're kind of dancing around this, but one of the questions I wrote down was, and if you don't have anything for this, totally fine, but it feels to me that ASMR and Halloween are sort of like perfectly linked. Do you see them as having something in common? To me, they're just like a sensory excitement to both. Um, they seem like natural partners. Yeah, that's why I was so surprised when I tried to look for some of this on my own. And there does there does exist some, but not quite to the degree where I was hoping, which is why I made this. But I think loving Halloween, like you said earlier, does not automatically mean horror movies or, you know, horror genre. I'm a huge fan of the horror genre, but that is separate from my love of cozy Halloween. And I think the biggest reason I love Halloween, at least I can only speak for myself, is nostalgia. And nostalgia is definitely brought up with smell is a really big one. They say that's the biggest sense that's tied to memories. But I really think hearing things, there's certain sounds that I can close my eyes and I am immediately transported to another place in time that I've been before. Um, Just listening to you know, the feet on the pavement and the wind mm. in the trees. Like I can picture what it was like trick-or-treating uh, mm. on Halloween night with my friends, the bit of laughter of kids in the background and that kind of thing. And I think Halloween, there's such a a need for for sound. For We listen to ghost stories on Halloween. Mm. And I don't know, all of that stuff is what it... it I guess I, I lost my place, but it, it basically it's the nostalgia that ties it together. So yeah, I absolutely agree that they they go together. I love what you said too about ghost stories because storytelling is such a big part of Halloween and how we scare each other. And you know, and I'm I'm not sure if you heard this episode yet, but there a couple of weeks ago we had a small frights called Terror in the Music Room about a. Um, a a piece of music that was quite popular in elementary school classrooms, it seems like in the 80s and 90s and maybe before and since, did not happen at my school, but uh, a song called Skin and Bones. Yeah. Yes, I remember that episode. Did you hear that when you were growing up? Was that uh, a tradition? Yeah. No, I have not heard that before, which is why I was very excited in that episode. When you played it, I immediately had to Google it and look it up. Yes. It's so exciting to be turned on to a new like Halloween song, especially one that's classic and that's been around for almost 100 years. Yeah. Um, And I was thinking about how, yeah, the listening of creepy music during Halloween time during elementary school, because we had our own sort of tradition called the, the Purple Banshee. And that had its own song. And I wish I could remember anything else about it. And I've tried to go in a Whole, and it might just be something that was local <laughs> to Ohio because I've had a hard time finding I anything. Definitely about never it. heard. <laughs> definitely never heard of the Purple Banshee. There was but I'm intrigued. Of like, like, yeah, I know. I <laughs> I know. I didn't hallucinate it because one of my friends won a Purple Banshee award and put it up on wow. Instagram to be like, "Do you guys remember the Purple Banshee?" <laughs> 
30 years ago. And I was like, oh my God. I mean, I didn't, but <laughs> it all came Congratulations. back to me. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but like this interesting tradition of like playing a Halloween record and like now as adults, you know, we're putting together playlists and we're telling each other scary stories that have like, maybe they require some type of performance aspect to it. But you're right. It's such a... um it's a really big part of this holiday. And I do, you know, of course, Christmas has Christmas carols, but there's not that many holidays that rely on sound in the same way. I agree. I think Halloween, it's all about the mood and mm. the aesthetic. Like that's really what's important is, is we're all wanting to get into that cozy mindset or that spooky, creepy mindset. And there's no better way to get into the mood of something than through sound, I think, personally. Yes, I totally agree. Sound, a candle, you know, keep your window open if it's naturally cool where you live or throw that air conditioner on if it's 90 degrees yeah. like it is in L.A. Yep, yep. <laughs> um, well, I am very curious to know if there were any sounds that you wanted to create but couldn't. Huh, that's, I think, yeah, I mean, there's definitely in my head, I I had ideas of different ghostly moans, or <laughs> one of the biggest, uh, I guess, obstacles I should say that I was facing is I wanted this to be something that I can use and that I can post in case other people wanted to use it and I could put it anywhere. So I had to use royalty-free sound effects, right. which means, yeah, I don't have to, to pay. And if anyone else wants to post this or share it, they don't have to pay, which is really important. But, you know, I work as a video editor. So I work with a lot of different sound effects all the time. And mm. usually really fancy, nice ones, but I'm not paying for it. You know, it's the, right, the studios right. <laughs> pay for it. I'm just putting it all in there. So I know the sound effects and I know the ones that are like, oh, that would be the perfect, you know, ghostly moan here. But I, <laughs> I was beholden to just the list uh, of royalty-free sound effects that I found online, which I mean... I can't lie. There's a huge amount of that out there. So it wasn't exactly that limiting, but yeah. yeah I think you did a lot with a free, with free sounds. Like yeah. it's pretty impressive. Well, was there anything you want that like you thought about doing or that maybe you had on a list of sounds to include, but you decided against doing it for some reason or another? Yeah, I've thought of a section for like trick-or-treating kind of how mm. I was mentioning earlier, the sounds of, you know, children in the background laughing, yeah. uh, footsteps on the pavement, maybe the rustle of candy wrappers, but mm. it didn't quite fit into the story I created. So maybe there will have to be a part two. Yes, definitely. <laughs> At a night of, like, what does a night of trick-or-treating sound like? That was, that's really the thing I was most interested in when Pete and I were first talking about it is like doing a whole going through the whole night door to door. Yes. yes. Um, that's really fun. Well, I'm curious then to know, do you have a favorite trick or treat memory or uh, we heard about your favorite costume or at least your earliest memory? Maybe you have another favorite costume you want to share, but anything from your, your background that you kind of pull that you're trying to sort of like harness that imagery of in your work? 
Oh man, there's so many. That's like I said, I I grew up very lucky. My dad wasn't so much into Halloween, but my mom was the queen. She, <laughs> you know, along with candy, she would also from that Oriental Trader magazine I talked about, mm-hmm. she would buy in bulk those huge light up necklaces, like the raver necklaces, oh my God. and give those out trick or treating. <sighs> and so like so it was good. like a toy. So the kids loved it, but the parents like it was always the next era. Like it was so safe, you know, drivers could see them on the sidewalk. So everyone loved that. And that was like her thing. Um, I used to try to create a haunted house in the garage every year. I I shouldn't say try. I did it. It's just, you know, (laughs) clearly a 13 year old made this haunted house, but you were limited again by like what was free probably. Right. Yes. (laughs) You know what? Here's what I will say. I've, I've learned through this podcast, how much people love trick-or-treating. And I absolutely Mm -hmm. agree that there should never be an age limit on trick-or-treating. However, when I was younger, I didn't want to trick-or-treat for that long because my favorite thing was to be at home creating the ambiance and getting to see all the kids in their costumes. And so I got out of trick-or-treating pretty early so that I could stay at home and make the haunted house and hand out the candy and try to create whatever scene that I wanted the trick-or-treaters to experience. And that's, that's always been my favorite part of it. I love that. That is, you know, we do get to hear from some people who are homeowners now that get to go really yes. far into that. And I love hearing those stories. I live vicariously through I'm all so of jealous. Them. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I know. And I've lived in apartments now for like 15 years and I have just wished that we got trick-or-treaters in apartments. Yes. yes. I've always said since I was like a teenager that the dream house you want to live in is the first thing you have to check is how good is the trick-or-treating real estate. The (laughs) trick-or-treating real estate, if that's good, then this is a good neighborhood. That's what's so fun to hear from some lanterns who really did who did that when they were ready to buy a home. And, um, you know, I'm thinking of uh, one specifically who's from, um, who's called in about Roundtree, Missouri, as being like her neighborhood is like one of the top (gasps) trick-or-treating neighborhoods in the country. And she was so excited to, it was like her dream to move there. And then when she was able to, she like went all out. And I just like, I love that so much. It's so cool to see this, like our generation making special, making trick-or-treating special for like the new generation and like taking everything they loved and then amping it up and doing even more. There's so much, especially with social media and the internet, it's so easy to uh, take the illusion down to, mm. to see th- behind the curtain. Yes. And so I'm really excited about people that are trying to find any way to bring magic back into everyday life. And mm. that I, I wish I had a house that I could do that on Halloween for, but I am so excited every time I hear people call in or, or write in uh, about how they do it up and how they share that magic with uh, their neighborhood kids. This is why we all need to, uh, all the SoCal lanterns have to go in on a one bedroom house together. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. $1.5 million just so we can decorate it. (laughs) We need, um, how many people we need to actually be able to pay for that? Like 1,000 people maybe? (laughs) Maybe. We will just rent a house in like okay, rent. a great yes. neighborhood. Rent it for the week of Halloween and then <laughs> Okay. 
This is not a bad idea. Airbnb a trick-or-treat house? That um, would actually be really fun. That's super cute. It's in the right area. Yeah. yeah. We might be onto oh, something here. We I'm might be taking a note. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. We might be onto something. <laughs> um, do you have any plans for this Halloween, JT? Anything that's like sticking out to you right now? We're a few weeks out from the actual date, so it might be too early. We are. Oh, it's never too early. It's never too early to plan your <laughs> Halloween. I actually kind of did it backwards this year. I um, was fortunate in that I have a good job this year. So unlike last year and the year before when I couldn't do anything because of finances, I'm lucky in that I'm able to go to the big events like Halloween Horror Nights and yes. Not Scary Farm. So I completely booked myself up. Uh, all nice. my friends, we got together. I started uh last night went to the what is the heritage square area and did the carnival witchy pop-up market and basically from then every weekend until halloween i have some kind of event except i purposely kept the weekend before halloween free so i still don't actually have a plan but that's sort of i guess on purpose like i just kind of want to see where you know what the options me. are? Yes. Yeah. That's always my, I am the exact same way. Everything gets booked up except for that last weekend. And then I like will slowly parse. I like won't commit to anything. Yes. Uh, Just comedy, write down options. Yes, exactly. It's really common to have like comedy shows on Halloween. And I've ha- already had offers to like perform oh. on Halloween. And the last time I did that was like in 2016 or 2017. And I promised myself I was never performing on Halloween again because I I love it. But like it takes away from the night because it's not any different than what I do most of the time. And Halloween is so special. I need it to not be spent in a theater or a club. (laughs) I am also do any any work that weekend is like pure fun for me. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm very picky about that kind of thing too. I don't like if there's a concert or something that happens to be Halloween night, I'm like, no, I can't go to a concert. I can do that anytime. Or yes. I'm very exactly. yeah. wow. I love I love that we are cut from the same spooky cloth. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, well, you did talk about being a huge horror fan, and I know this about you because we, you've come to a lot of live streams and our in-person screenings, and you and I have talked about horror movies before, yes. and I would love to hear, we get so many good recommendations on the podcast, and you're a, you work in the industry as well, so I would love to hear your professional opinion on like must-see, like one or two must-see titles for the calendar Halloween season. What should Lanterns be watching this year? It, You know, as you're saying this, I'm pulling up my list now. Yes, <laughs> I can have a list. Good, good. Um, I love lists. I have it split between scary and spooky uh, for Perfect. different people. Oh, there's so many. I think in, in the scary part of side, I, my one of my favorites is Trick or Treats. Um, the one from 2010, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so much fun. I just showed it to my boyfriend for the first for his first time the other night, and he loved it. Um, so that's one of my favorites. I, the House on Haunted Hill is oh, I watch that every year. Go. Yes, absolutely, that's one of my all-time favorites. 
one of the classics. I think we screened um, it last yeah. Halloween, actually. I think I did like a oh, classic black and white titles last October. Oh, nice. Yeah. You know, they have it in color, but I've yet to see it in color because every weird. time I'm like, I want to watch it in black and white. It's just cozy. Yeah, I put it on at the store in color. That's where I like it's nice, you know, because we get to have movies on um, while we're working. And so it's a good way to kind of try things out that you maybe maybe don't want to give your full attention to. So yeah. I put the colored version of it on and it freaked me out in a bad way. <laughs> it oh, was no. Like, it just felt unnatural and it did take a little bit of the eeriness out of it for me. Oh, yeah, that's I'm glad I have that recommendation. And you know what? I'm going to shout out because obviously there's there's the movies that we all talk about and that we love. But one that is newer, so it never comes up, is Adam Sandler's Hubie Halloween. Yes. And it is Adam <laughs> Sandler so comedy to a T. So if you're not into <laughs> that, I get it. But oh my yeah, gosh. Yeah, his voice is like turned up to 11. It's pure Adam Sandler voice. <laughs> and well, and there's also Easter eggs for all of his like famous movies. previous movies. But I think you were the one who said once that there is so much Halloween packed into every single scene of that movie. Mm -hmm. Each and they're really it's just like orange and black and skulls and ghosts and cats. It's like a, the set yes. deck is perfect. Yes. I that is uh it came out I think 2020 and ever since it's been every year I have to watch it. Same here. It was such a nice treat for the uh pandemic Halloween when we couldn't go out or do anything in 2020. Yes, it's I like agree. Exactly the laugh that we needed. And I love that you brought up trick or treat because that is actually my biggest Halloween blind spot. <gasps> I've never seen this movie. And the more years that go past, the more embarrassed I am about it. <laughs> and I, I, I yeah. keep building it up, but I need to just pull the trigger. And I'm thinking maybe this October I'll screen it for our patrons so that, like, <gasps> yes. I'm officially going to be watching it. And I'm going to be watching it with the best people that I could see it with. Just knowing your taste in things, I do think you would love it. Um, it is my favorite thing every year to try to find at least one person who has not seen it and watch them watch it. Ah, oh. just that good. <laughs> it's one of those that has so many twists and turns, and oh. it it's a blast. And I don't mean to like super hype it up, but this one is worth. Oh, no, please, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, no, we love we love hype here. You need a little bit of hype to stay above all of the recommendations that people are swirling in constantly. Yes, yes amazing. I agree. Well, JT, I'm really excited to play your ASMR for everybody here. But before we get going, are there any other spooky projects on your horizon? Anything else you want to explore creatively, or anything at all you want to share with the lanterns out there in Halloween Land? Well, I mean, this is just a personal project of mine, but Kia Creates actually inspired me to finally start a junk journal this Halloween. And that's why I happen to have this list of all my favorite Halloween movies on my phone is because I'm putting it all together in a junk journal so that every Halloween I can be like, what was that? TV show that had the great Halloween episode or what was that one song? And I can just go through and all my favorite Halloween stuff is in this journal. So I've been slowly going through that. I'm not nearly as talented as Kia creates when it comes to, you know, artistry and that kind of stuff, but it's been really fun using a glue stick again. 
<laughs> I am so happy to hear that you're inspired by uh, one of our friends of the podcast, another Lantern and Ghoul Gang member, Kia. Um, can you tell the people out there who maybe aren't as familiar with the journaling world what makes a junk journal, like why that phrase is used? Oh, absolutely. Because, you know, I actually only recently found out the junk journal is basically the uh, maximalist version mm -hmm. of a journal. <laughs> so every page is just packed in with textures and patterns and craziness. And, you know, you can have some pop-up things in there. You can have built-in pockets where things slide in and things are mismatched or each page can be a different aesthetic. And it's just, it's kind of cookie and all over the place, which to me is what Halloween is. So Yes, absolutely. Halloween is a maximalist's holiday. Yes, absolutely. And for anybody who loves the idea of that, uh, Kia also does a Halloween journal challenge every year oh. uh, in October. I think it's just in October, but I would check her page at Kia Creates on Instagram. Um, and she goes all out specifically. I mean, all year round, she makes really cool aesthetic journals that have to do with like the time of year or a place that she visits and all the different things going on in her life and teaches people how to do the same for themselves. But Halloween, she goes super hard because she's one of us. She's a oh, devotee. Yeah. <laughs> she's, she's amazing. I love her stuff. Oh, that makes me so happy that you guys connected and that you're inspired by her work. Uh, well, very cool. If you have any pictures that you ever want to share of that, please feel free to send them along. We would oh, I shall. I shall. love to see them. Okay, fantastic. Well, without further ado, then everybody make sure you, you know, get your coziest blanket out, either turn on the air conditioning or turn on the fire, whichever your temperature need is right now. <laughs> Put the lights off, maybe uh, hunker down with like a cozy companion and, uh, and just like let yourself be immersed in the the whooshings of the cemetery and the creaking of doors and the breath behind you. <laughs> I hope you guys enjoy it. I know that they will. JT, thank you so much for not only creating this incredible track, but also for taking the time to share it with us so generously and hopping on with me and talking about it a little bit. It was so cool to spend this time with you and learn a little bit about your incredible creative drive and inspirations. Oh, thank you so much, Luce. I loved doing this. Hooray. All right. Well, we'll talk soon. Okay. Bye. Bye.
Mm-hmm. 
I hate to break the spell, but you can always rewind and listen again. And now I must encourage you to call or write in and tell us about your favorite spooky sounds. And if you enjoy Halloween ASMR and if you would want a custom one, what would that sound like? Fill us in on all your audio horrors at it's always Halloween podcast at gmail.com or call the All Hollows hotline at 802-532-DEAD. Don't forget to order your copies of The Lantern's Way Volume 1 and 2 this season. Volume 2 is available for the pre-order price of $10 until the last week of September. Go to DisplacedSnail.com or click the link in our show notes. And while you're browsing through those show notes, why not click on the Patreon link and check out the Ghoul Gang. We have monthly and yearly subscriptions available at every possible price point and special goodies to go along with each one. Subscribing to the podcast means you get to be one of our producers which ensures the podcast stays ad-free, independent, and sustainable. This episode was produced by me, your forever haunted host, Luce Tomlin Brenner, and my special guest was J.T. Smith. And J.T. is the creator of that special ASMR we just got to enjoy together. This episode was co-produced and edited by the wonderful Greg Nussen. Great job, Greg. Our theme music was written by Pete Burns, and our podcast art is by Rose Fedick. Special thanks to our grim turns, Nathan and Tom. You can follow the show on Instagram at It's Always Halloween Podcast. You can follow me at LTB Comedy on Instagram and Twitter, and Greg at Greg Nussen on Instagram and Twitter. If you use Apple Podcasts, please leave us a five-star review and a few sentences exclaiming to the world why you enjoy us. It really helps fellow lanterns find our porch light. Thank you so much for listening to yet another episode of It's Always Halloween. And please, come back next time, unless you get stuck wandering the cemetery forever.